Hey everyone, I hope everyone out there is having a great day, because I know I am. You know why? Because today is our podcast, our very first podcast, Juicify Podcast, Juicify the World, baby. Peace, love, Juicify. But I just want to give everyone uh, the, the story of how the company came about. For those of you that already follow us, you already knows, but this would be a more in-depth experience and more in-depth story of how the company came about. For those of you that's your first time, thank you. Welcome to our first podcast, Juicify. But I'm gonna explain to everyone how the company came about, how everything came about through my traumatic experience of stage four cancer. So, in this was about 2018, in the very first signs of the cancer, which I didn't even know it was the signs of the cancer until I was diagnosed, was during that time I was experiencing night sweats, cold chills, itchy legs, uh, a lot of itchy legs, and sw- uh, swollen lymph nodes, which the swollen lymph nodes, like it was coming out from here, and it reached a point that it looked like there was another head coming right out, which was insane. I would wear a collar shirt, uh, like a polo shirt, a button-down shirt, and I would button it up to the very top. However, the, the, the lift nose is coming out so much that you were still able to see it coming out of the collar. But I did my best to cover it and to make sure that people wouldn't notice it. But people noticed it, you know. It, 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 was, it was pretty rough in the beginning. I was pretty, not pretty, but I was sad. And I was facing many, many challenges. Also, one of the other signs is that I had sudden weight loss because of the night sweats. So I was, at first, I was 175, but then I went down to about one, about 140, 145. So I lost a lot of weight within that time. And I didn't necessarily realize that I had the cancer, but then I started doing some research to try to figure out exactly what's going on with myself and what's happening and why all this is going on. And then during that time, when I did have the itchy legs, Back in 2018, I would leave it on the cold water for it to stop the itchiness. But at the same time, during the middle of the night, I would constantly scratch. And then there was a point in time that I was scratching so much that I started bleeding. So if anyone out there has any of those signs, sudden weight loss, swollen lymph nodes, night sweats, cold chills, or itchy legs, go see your doctor. Immediately see your doctor. I'm not saying that it is cancer. But it could be a possibility that it is cancer. And during that time, I've done some research about my symptoms and the signs. I didn't know I had cancer, you know. However, I know that what I was experiencing was not normal. So during that time while I was working, I'll come out of work and, you know, and I'll experience these things. I'll go online and I will look up exactly what I was experiencing. And the majority of the time, the stuff that I put down and researched was leading toward cancer. I didn't want to admit it. Who wants to admit that they have cancer? You know, no one wants to admit that. It's really, really difficult to admit. And it took a while for me to admit it. But I will get to that. And, uh, and, but I am explaining about my research and how it started from the very beginning. So I went on WebMD. I went on Google. And I started seeing all these things. I even went on Facebook. And I started asking questions to see what I could do. I went to the to the doctor. During this time, I didn't even have health insurance. So I went to a doctor that doesn't accept insurance that goes according to your income. And 
during the beginning, he said, when he looked at my lift notes and he seen that I was, uh, you know, like bulking out, he asked me if I was experiencing anything else. I said, yes, I also have shoulder pain. I was having pain right over here. Come to find out those were the lesions that was eating away of the clavicle. However, during that time, I had no idea. And that doctor, he said, oh, it might be a torn ligament. And he gave me these prescription medications. I got the medication, took it, nothing happened at all. It took about a month, nothing happened. But I was still doing research. And then when my gut was telling me that I did have the cancer, but I didn't want to admit it. You know, who wants to admit that they have cancer? No one wants to admit that. No one wants that. That's not even a gift. You know, it's more of a curse. But that curse ended up being a blessing, which I'll explain to you later on, toward the end of how the company came about. And when I was doing some research online, because I need to figure out, okay, exactly what is cancer? You know, how is it caused? People say that it's part of your genetics. It's part of your DNA. It's not at all. If people tell you that it's part of your DNA or it's just part of your bloodline and all that, that's false. But don't take my word for it. Look it up on Google or Bing or Yahoo. Whatever search engine you use, use it and look it up. It's not part of your genetics. It's not your DNA. It's not any of that stuff. It's the foods that you eat. During this time, in 2018, before I was officially diagnosed with uh, cancer, my eating habits were horrible. I was eating a lot of wings, which I still miss. I miss the wings so much. I used to eat a lot of like, I would go to a Chili's and get the honey basted wings. <sighs> Love it. And I miss it so much. But in order to make your wings spread and go the route that you're meant for, you have to make sacrifices. And what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So staying away from the wings made me stronger. As you can see, I'm still here. I'm alive. And it is freaking awesome. I'm so grateful for everything. For grateful for being alive. Grateful for having fingers, legs, feet, toes. A beautiful, lovely, loving wife. And a beautiful, loving, very energetic son. And... um. But yeah, but the, the eating habits, let me not get a sidetrack from that, but my eating habits. So the wings and during that time, I was drinking a lot of alcohol. I don't even know if I was an alcoholic or not, because I, I have no idea. But during that time, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, well, Francisco here that's doing the recording says that I was. I don't know. We'll see. You know, I'll let everyone there, every, everyone, everybody there judge and give your own opinions. But... During that time, every night after work, five days a week, I would go to the liquor store and I would get a pint of brandy. The kind of alcohol I would drink, which is the brandy, I always get the Parmesan peach flavor, which is, it, it, it tastes good to me, you know? But it took a pint, like every day, a pint. That, that's a lot. That's a lot. I would drink it, drink the whole thing, and it was, it was, it was just terrible. And then also I would eat a lot of fried foods and which is nothing wrong with fried foods, but the kind of oil that I was using, I was using vegetable oil, canola oil, uh, peanut oil, all these oils are bad for you. You know, I have nothing against the oils, but if anyone wants to eat any of the fried foods, get coconut oil, avocado oil, 
extra virgin olive oil. These are the things that's actually better for you compared to a vegetable oil. Vegetables shouldn't even be an oil in the first place. However it is. You have like corn oil, which corn shouldn't even be an oil in the first place, but unfortunately it is. And now it's also having a lot of artificial sweeteners, like the sweeteners that comes to the pastries, the, the, the sugar, like that white sugar, which is bad for you. And I was having a lot of artificial like candy, you know, I'm not going to say the names of the candy. I don't want to get sued or anything, but everyone here already knows, you know, what kind of candy I'm talking about. And, and if you don't know what kind of candy I'm talking about, look it up, look it up. And then you see exactly what I'm talking about. But during that time, that's what all this stuff was happening. And that's what contributed to the cancer. And then, but what I was doing research online, what I noticed is that cancer is a cell. You know, we all have cancer cells. Every single one of us all have cancer cells. Our body fights diseases every single day. They defeat diseases every single day. But the foods that you eat contributes toward those diseases. Now, cancer is like, it's the white blood cells, right? Now, the cancer forms and it combines a lot of the white blood cells together. Now, what contributes to that, like I, as I mentioned before, is the foods you eat, the liquids you drink, like soda, uh, uh, sweetened juices, not my juices. My juices are all natural, natural sweeteners from the fruits themselves, natural sweeteners. Now, what I mean about the juices is the ones that have uh, corn syrup, like the high fructose corn syrup, or the, um, the, the, the powdered sugar, kind of like the, like the white sugar, you know, like that. Those are the kind of sugar, the sweeteners that's horrible for you. Even, even the, the, the replacement sweeteners, like the Splendors, the Sweet and Lows, the Equals, all that stuff, that's actually bad for you because those are sugar replacements. Any, anything that's sugar-free, horrible for you, bad for you, will feed those cancer cells, guaranteed. But don't take my word for it. Look it up online. Look it up. Google, Bing, Yahoo. Whatever search engine you use, look it up and you're going to see that I'm not lying. Do not take my word for it. Look it up. Anyway, before I get sidetracked, because I'm getting sidetracked, but during that time, that's when I started to notice like, like, damn, you know, like I'm, all this is happening, but I didn't want to admit it. I was scared. I didn't want to admit it. No one wants to admit they have something that they don't want. No one. And there's times that I would look in the mirror and I will argue with myself in the mirror. I'm like, no, you don't have it. This isn't that. And, and, but, I, I, but deep down inside, I knew that I had it. And life is so interesting because during that time, I was working. And then, you know, this was after my research and everything. And I was at work. And every time I took a deep breath, it felt like I had a sharp pain in my lung. It, it felt like something was stabbing my lungs every time I took a deep breath. So I said, you know what, this, this isn't right. My body does not feel right. I have to go to the hospital. I have to go to the emergency room. So I called my wife after work and I said, babe, I need to go to the emergency room. My body does not feel right at all. Something is wrong and I need to figure out exactly what's going on. So when I got out of work, I went to the emergency room. Thank goodness the emergency room was only probably about a 30 second drive for where I live. Cause I don't know if I would have done it for 30, 45 minutes or an hour ride because it, it was, it was really bad. It was really bad. It felt 
like a knife was just going through my lungs. Like it was, it was pretty bad. So if anyone experiences that, go to the hospital, have insurance. Even if you don't have insurance, go there anyway. Cause you know what? Your life does not have a price. Life is priceless because once you're gone, you're gone. You're not coming back. You're not coming back at all, at all. So I went to the hospital, went to the emergency room and they, they, you know, they saw me, they took my, my blood pressure, my, my, all the tests. They looked at my lift notes. I explained to them what was going on, what was happening, what I was experiencing. And they said, you need to stay overnight. I said, why? They said, we're not sure yet, but we need to run some tests. So they took an x-ray, they took an MRI, they took a, a they, they did blood work. They took a, they did a biopsy. They did two different types of biopsies. First, they took a, it was like a needle. So kind of like a little shock thing that they put on my neck. That, and they, and like, it was like a little clicking sound. I go click, click, click. And, but that was pretty much taking little pieces of the blood. And it's taking it out so you could do some tests. But then they did another test on me, which they did a minor surgery, which is that they took a piece of the lymph node. So they cut me up over here, took a little piece out, and then and they ran some tests. But I had to stay in the hospital overnight. Overnight turned out to be eight nights. Uh, seven days, no, nine days, eight nights. And thankfully, you know, my beautiful wife was able to take care of our son and she, she, she held me down, you know, throughout those times, she held me down. She worked, she took care of our son. She took care of the house. She took care of the bills. Like she, she is a ride or die. And baby, if you're watching this, I love you. You're my everything. And yeah, it was, uh, it was quite, quite an experience. And during that time at the hospital, which I don't know how the hospital is around here. Well, around where everyone is at, you know, but where I was at here at Altamont, the hospitals look like a hotel room. I mean, I, I kind of felt comfortable there, but at the same time I wasn't because I was missing my family and it sucked. And the food sucks. Hospital food sucks. It's pretty bad. It's no flavor. They need some kind of Goya or some Sasson or something, something. But it, 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 it just wasn't good at all. But yeah, so thankfully during that time that I, you know, they gave us a test. But thankfully during that time, that's when I finally had health insurance. And if I didn't have that health insurance, the bill would have came out to almost $90,000. But because I did have the health insurance, it came out to about seven grand. And it stood a lot. Seven grand is still a lot, but it's nothing compared to 90 grand at all. It's a big difference. Still paying it, but you know what? I'm grateful for the fact that I'm still alive and I'm doing it and I'm there and I'm pushing forward. So then during that time in the hospital state, the doctors would come and see me. They would ask me questions. They would ask me, how are you feeling? What are you doing? What was your experience? Uh, what were your symptoms? And I was telling them everything. Now this one doctor, I don't know his name yet because it was a bunch of doctors that came to see me, but only one doctor actually took the time to sit down with me and show me all the x-ray pictures and he's the one that told me he seems like he's been working in the front in the hospital for years many 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 years he looked like he was about my mother's age i'm not gonna tell you my mother's age but she's enough to collect social security you know so you should have an idea of how old she is and he showed me the pictures and he showed me the the pictures of the x-rays and where the bone was at it looked like it was almost fading away. Like literally, it was almost fading away. And he told me, he goes, do you know why it looks faded? 
I said, no, why is that? He said, you have lesions there. There's lesions eating away your bone, which is why it looks faded. They're eating away your bone little by little. That's why you have the shoulder pain. So now I knew the answer to that. Now, the moment he said that, I knew right away I have the cancer. They didn't diagnose me yet. They were still doing research. But he pretty much told me, without even telling me, that you have cancer. They just didn't know what kind of cancer it was and how serious it was. Which was um, pretty bad. It was, it, was, it was pretty bad. And during that time, I was, I was sad. But what kept me going was my wife and my son. You know, because during that time, you know, like they would, they would come and visit me in the hospital. And sometimes we would just, you know, they would sit down. I'm laying down. We would watch some programs, some television. And there's times while they watching that, I would stare at them. I would stare at my wife and my son. And I would just look at them and go, you know what? I need to accept the fact that I have it. Because in my gut, I feel it. And I have two people to live for. You know, of course, I have my mom, you know, my, my brothers. At the time, I had my dad. But you know what? My wife and my son, that's, they're, they're my other half. They complete me. And I was looking at them and I said, damn, I need to admit this. I need to admit the fact that I have it. Because if I don't admit it and I keep denying it, it's only going to get worse. And I have two reasons to live, which is my wife and my son. Two reasons to live. During that time, my son was only two years old. He's five now, but my son was two years old during that time. He just started to walk. And I say, you know what? I need to fight this. I need to figure out what can I do to assist in the healing of this cancer. Even though they didn't officially diagnose me, but I had a feeling with your gut instincts. Which if, you, if anyone out there has any gut feelings, it's not lying to you. It's true. It's a gut instinct. That's, that's pretty much your, your, your sixth sense. And you should always follow your gut instincts. Because usually it's right. And I say, you know what? I need to figure out how to fight this. I need to figure out how to beat this. Without depending on the chemo. Which I did take the chemo. However, before I did take the chemo. And they finally diagnosed me by the eighth night. They said, hey, you have cancer. You have, according from our research and what we've done, you have stage four Hodgkin lymphoma cancer. Not the reason that it became stage four, even though thankfully it didn't reach any of my of the vital organs, but it was on my bone. Now the fact that it was on the bone, that's what made it stage four. So it was it was scary. However, I knew deep down inside that I had it, so it wasn't really much of a shock. Now during that time, that's when I said, okay. Before I start my first chemo session, what can I do to assist in the healing process? So I went online, I did even more research, and I started to realize what you consume, what you eat, what you drink, what you do in your life contributes to the cancer. So I said, damn, I need to figure out what I'm doing wrong. Come to find out, I was doing everything wrong. I was not eating vegetables, I was not eating fruits, I was not drinking enough water. I was not going through a fast, which if anyone out there does not know what a fast is, a fast is after a certain time that you don't eat anything. You still drink water, but you don't eat anything. Now, the fast is extremely important. You should at least do a minimum of a 12-hour fast. So like that, you could get it done. So during that time, when they had my port, they had my port there. I had 13 port replacements. 
13 port replacements have the marks right here. This is the first one. This is the second one right here. 13. Good thing I had health insurance. Anyway, so, so I had the 13 port replacements. 13. Lucky 13, right? Because in my old neighborhood, I lived on the 13th floor. <laughs> Go figure. But 13 port replacements and... I was watching documentaries, I was doing a lot of research, I was uh, reading the books, and thankfully I have a family down here that helped me out. And with the chemo, the, the third day after the chemo is when it hit me really hard. I will never forget this day. My body just felt really weak. I was lightheaded, I was dizzy. My son was running around, he's two years old. I'm in the house, he's running around. and. Thankfully, I had enough energy to go to the door, the bedroom door, lock it, have my son in there. Of course, I'm with my son in the room, but I had to put myself into the bathroom. We were in, we, in, during that time in the apartment that we were at, we were in the master bedroom. So the bathroom was in the master bedroom. I went to the bathroom and I pretty much sat down in the corner and put my head down and closed my eyes. Thankfully, during that time, my son was still in the room. Obviously, he's in the room because I locked the door so he wouldn't go out. He's in the room and he's playing with his toys. But I was scared. I was scared. I thought I was going to actually pass out. And I told my wife about it. And thankfully, my brother-in-law, the next day, he stood there just to make sure that, I would, that, that everything was fine. And I had the energy to do what I needed to do. Thankfully, I did. But that day, but the night prior, it was, it was bad. It was bad. I almost passed out in the bathroom. You know, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. I didn't know, I don't know how long I was there in the bathroom, like pretty much like this with my head down, but it seemed like forever. It, it seemed like a really long time. And, uh, but for, and then during that time while I was taking the chemo, I was still working. At the time I was working at Starbucks and I was still working. I would take the chemo, go home, sleep, but then the next day go to work. Thankfully, as I said before, because of my wife, she held me down. She's my ride or die. So those of you that have a partner that's your ride or die, keep that person. Because you don't see many people like that. You know, most people are a-holes. If you don't know what a-hole is, look it up. You know, it will complete the sentence. And it was, it was, it was scary. It was scary. But during that time when I was taking the chemo, I had 12 sessions of the chemo. During that time that I was taking the chemo, that's when I started to figure out and, and search, research about vegetables and fruits. So I decided to get a juicer. Now I decided, now I purchased a regular juicer. It was a Black & Decker, just regular juicer, cost about 30, 40 bucks, very inexpensive, you know, and I was, that's when I started doing my juicing. I would juice every morning. I would take shots. I, I would go to the stores like Whole Foods, Publix, and start getting my wheatgrass shots, ginger shots, about the juices before I go to my chemo sessions. However, when I would get the juices, it was so expensive. I would for, for just a wheatgrass shot alone was between four, almost five bucks. For a ginger shot, another almost four or five bucks. For a cold, for for a juice, I was paying seven to eight bucks, and that's not even a cold press juice. That's just a regular juice that you that they put into the metal machine. And it started to rip a hole in my pocket. That's not even including medical bills. That's not even including deductibles. That's not including copay. None of that stuff. And I said, damn, what can I possibly do? What can I do to make things better? So and then 
other patients that were taking the chemo, but they would see me drinking my juice, eating my um, eating my acai bowls, my blended fruit bowls, or drinking my smoothies, and they asked me where did I get it from. I'll tell them and I'll tell them how much it costs. They said, wow, that's really expensive. But and it discouraged them because they all wanted to go onto the into the journey of being healthy, of vegetables and fruits, but they always felt like it was expensive because of the prices. So while I was taking the chemo, that's when I started making a business plan. It just clicked. Immediately clicked. I said, wow, they're discouraged from getting a juice because it costs 10 bucks, not knowing that their medical bill is gonna be ten thousand dollars. They didn't see it that way. So I said, there's a demand for this. People are encouraged to, and, and they actually want to drink juices and, sm and drink smoothies and eat bowls, but they always felt that it was so expensive. So I said, there's a demand for this. I'm not the only one thinking like this. There's a whole group of people thinking this way. So what can I do to encourage them to try this out? to make sure that what they do is on the right track of being uh, of health and wellness. And that's when I started to come up with a business plan. And I say, you know what? I'm gonna give a healthy alternative at an affordable price. That's how my mission statement came about. So now I'm there taking the chemo, I'm writing everything down, you know, sipping on my juice, sipping on the juice and everything, and just writing everything down. Now once I became, once I went in remission, nine months later, stage four, beating nine months, Great accomplishment in my book. If you don't agree with me, I don't care. That's a great accomplishment in my book. So within those nine months, the business plan was done. They told me I was in remission and happy days. I was so happy. I celebrated. I didn't eat junk food though, but I celebrated. And then, so that's when I told my wife about the business. And obviously she agreed with me. She said, yes, you know what? You should do it. This is what you want to do. You should do it. I'm so grateful to have her. She is a blessing. Period. She is a blessing. She is stuck with me. I'm stuck with her. We're stuck together. That's that. Like white on rice. That's how it's going to be. So that's when it came with the business plan. Not the most difficult part was actually coming up with the licenses, the cost. I didn't even realize how expensive it was to even start a business. I didn't even know it cost money to even start an LLC. I didn't think it was so much money. I had no idea. This was thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of starting the company, making sure you have the proper licenses, the food license, the business license, the kitchen license, the the uh, the the attire, the the produce, the bottles, the tops, the shirt, everything, everything. I didn't realize how much it cost. That was the most difficult thing. But then the moment that we actually had everything and we started, that's when we launched it. And pretty much what happened there is where we are today. And the plan that we have, this is just the this is just the second step. The first step was starting the company. The second step is this podcast. Cause we're number one. That's why. So now uh we're we're working on toward getting getting a garden. We, oh, we actually joined with Circle of Wellness. If you guys don't know about them, Circle of Wellness is a nonprofit organization that helps low-income families with health and wellness. We teamed up with them. We also started to go out the market. Our first market was the Longwood Market, which we're still there. If you guys are watching this and you're here in Florida, especially on Mount Springs, every Sunday we have the Longwood Market. And then that's when we started to know about the ins and outs of the markets and the business. That's when we started, that's when we found out about the Sanford Market, which is on Saturday. So if you're around Sanford Saturdays, check us out. Sanford Market from 10 to 4. 
and then that's when we started to that's when we found out about the east orlando market which is also on sundays but it's toward water four lakes and now we're also at the apopka market we weren't in there the past two weeks that's a whole other story but we're definitely going to be the next week no ns no and ifs or but we are going to be there thursday and so and then what we want to do is pretty much give back as much as as much as we possibly can we want to encourage everyone to go on the health trend now it's not even a trend just being healthy should be something that's an everyday thing it's not difficult and for those of you that do not want to eat vegetables or fruits come to juicify we make the juices we put the vegetables and the fruits in the juice and i guarantee you you're gonna love it if you don't love it you're a liar because the juices are awesome and i know it's awesome everyone will agree it's awesome with a capital a all right so that's pretty much the story of how Justify came about with my personal experience of cancer and how we came up with the mission statement, the prices, and the plan, which is awesome. So at the moment, as I mentioned before, that we did team up with a nonprofit organization called Circle of Wellness, that they help low-income families with health and wellness. They want to start a garden. Justify wants to start a garden. So we're going to collaborate together and start a garden together. You want to make it as a community garden. Now, I don't know if they want to aim that toward adults or children. Personally, me, I want to aim it toward the children. First of all, children love to play in dirt. Children love to do a lot of hands-on stuff. So why not? And then most of the, most of the children, the uh, youth, they feel that vegetables and fruits come from a supermarket. But it doesn't. You know, our goal is to teach the children that vegetables and fruits start off as a seed and you plant that seed and you watch that seed grow into the plant and that plant would turn into either the vegetable or the fruit and that's how you get it. We feel that, or at least I feel that, that when children play around with these things and they, and they see it, see the process from beginning to end, they will feel more encouraged into eating that vegetable or fruit which will be better for them so that's the overall goal you know and we're going to continue being at the markets as i mentioned before thursdays we have the apopka market saturdays the sanford market sunday longwood and east orlando market most likely longwood i mean we'll see east orlando you know we don't know for how long but we still east orlando longwood sanford and apopka we're also in the works of starting our own market here in Longwood. We're looking forward to that. I don't know how long that's going to take, but hopefully it'll be sooner than later. And then keep uh, go to juicifytheworld.org. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Juicify the World. And just look out for these updates. We have a lot more going for you. We're going to have a lot more podcasts going for you. This is just an introduction how Juicify came about. But after that, we're going to have other vendors over here so they can explain their story, how they started their own thing. We're going to have nutritionists. We're going to have all kinds of people in this podcast to assist in health and wellness. And even more than that, who knows? Maybe it might not be health and wellness. It could be some economics. It could be finance. It could be something. But it all leads to the same thing, which is health and wellness, right? Because in order for you to be healthy and also have a well-being in life, you have to love your life. You have to love yourself. Before you love anyone else, you need to love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, how can you love anyone else? And 
As I mentioned before, no one wants to admit that they have cancer. It's a scary thing, scary, scary thing. And I didn't want to admit it. However, the cancer became a blessing in disguise because not only the cancer made me cherish life so much more, but it also gave me a direction because I always wanted to start a business, but I never knew what kind of business I wanted to start. So and it wasn't until this cancer experience that it made me realize this is the kind of business that I want. I want to give back as much as I possibly can. I want to give back to the community I serve, which is why we have healthier alternatives at an affordable price. Anyway, before I get and start rambling on to a whole nother subject, I'm going to cut it now. So check us out, juicifytheworld.org. Also, check out Facebook, Instagram, juicifytheworld, and check out our products, check out our story, check out our associates, and check out Circle of Wellness. As I mentioned before, they're awesome. Check them out. And stay tuned for other episodes of Juicify. Peace, love, juicify. <laughs>